Good morning. And welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb. A special warm welcome, or I guess a wet welcome, uh, to any guests or visitors we have joining us this day. Please know you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. And we've all had an opportunity to remember our baptism on the way in this morning. We give thanks to God that in baptism, he's called us and made us his own, washed us clean of sin, and given us uh, the gift of faith in Jesus. And so we gather in that faith uh, to rejoice, but also to remember some hard words that our Lord had this day for Jerusalem, and we'll hear, of course, how those apply to us as well. And so I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of your bulletin to the Focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings for this day. Our Lord wept over Jerusalem for the destruction that would soon come upon her, for she did not recognize the time of God's visitation in Christ, who had come to bring her peace. Through his prophets, God had consistently called his people to turn from their deceit and false worship. But my people do not know the judgments of the Lord, we hear from the prophet Jeremiah. They sought to establish their own righteousness rather than receive Christ's righteousness through faith. So it was that God was in his temple to cleanse it, a precursor to the once for all cleansing from sin, which he would accomplish in the temple of his own body on the cross. God grant us to know the things that make for our peace, his visitation in the word and sacraments, that by the Holy Spirit we may penitentially confess Jesus is Lord. On this 10th Sunday after Trinity, uh, we have the great joy of receiving the Lord's body and blood, and so receiving his peace, which he purchased with his blood and then gives in his blessed word and sacraments. And as he bids us do in his own testament, he bids us to be joined together in one common orthodox confession when it is that we receive this gift of his body and his blood. So then we ask that all those attending the Lord's Supper this day be members either of our congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in that one orthodox confession of the Christian faith, rejoicing to receive Jesus' gifts of peace. Our service setting this day is Divine Service Setting 3, as it is found on page 184. We now sing the first hymn. O God, you declare your almighty power above all in showing mercy and pity. Mercifully grant us such a measure of your grace that we may obtain your gracious promises and be made partakers of your heavenly treasures. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 10th Sunday after Trinity is from Jeremiah, chapter 8. You shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, When men fall, do they not rise again? If one turns away, does he not return? Why then has this people turned away into perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit, they refuse to return. I have paid attention and listened, but they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, What have I done? Everyone turns to his own course, like a horse plunging headlong into battle. Even the stork in the heavens knows her times, and the turtle doves, swallow and crane, keep the time of their coming. But my people know not the just decrees of the Lord. How can you say, We are wise, and the law of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men shall be put to shame. They shall be dismayed and taken. 
Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord, so what wisdom is in them? Therefore, I will give their wives to others and their fields to conquerors, because from the least to the greatest, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. For from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among the fallen when I punish them. They shall be overthrown, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 19th chapter. When Jesus drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The, chiefs, the chief priests and scribes and principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. These words were on the lips of the crowd surrounding Jesus that day. Now, we don't hear these words in today's gospel lesson because they were spoken just before our gospel lesson begins. So on this rainy and thundery Sunday morning, a little Bible trivia for you. What day was it in the gospel lesson? Do you know? 
What was going on that the people were saying this to Jesus? Now, despite the mention of peace in heaven and glory in the highest, it was not the day of Christ's birth. It's really the first part that gives it away. Blessed is the king, or perhaps as we're more used to hearing it, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It was Palm Sunday. Does that surprise you? I mean, on this great day of celebration, Jesus the king is coming into his holy city, Jerusalem, and, wait for it, he weeps over them. Why? Well, St. Luke tells us. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. The people did not know the things that make for peace. They did not know the time of their visitation. That is the Lord's visitation. And so today we will explore the things which make for peace and for Christ's visitation among us now. We will learn what Christ's words meant for Jerusalem then and for his church now. So let's dig in. Now, dear saints, the whole purpose of Christ's incarnation, birth, life, ministry, death, resurrection, and ascension was to bring peace between God and sinful man. Remember the proclamation of the angels at Jesus' birth. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Remember also Zechariah's words, that Jesus came to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. And also the song of Simeon, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Our Lord wept for the people of Jerusalem because they didn't get it. The people did not understand that he came to bring peace with God through the forgiveness of sins. Oh, sure, they paid lip service to him even as he rode triumphantly into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And it's true that some, even many, believed that Jesus was the Christ on that Palm Sunday. However, the temperament of the people would change wildly in just a matter of days. This fact is captured in the Lenten hymn, My Song is Love Unknown, stanza three. Sometimes they strew his way, and his sweet praises sing, resounding all the day hosannas to their king. Then crucify is all their breath, and for his death they thirst and cry. Jesus wept for Jerusalem because they did not know the things that make for peace. They didn't know the time of the Lord's visitation. So then, what things make for peace? Simply put, repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, who is the world's only Savior from sin, death, and hell. Jesus fulfilled all that was spoken of him in the Old Testament, in Moses and the prophets. Christ fulfilled the law, God's holy Ten Commandments, in our place. He came to bring peace. And then at the proper time, Christ accomplished the long-promised atonement on the cross. That is the full and final payment for sin. He crushed the head of the serpent and was himself crushed. 
Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is our Passover Lamb. It is Jesus' death and resurrection which makes for peace. But Jerusalem rejected him. In fact, Jesus' words today, they echo those that he spoke back in Luke chapter 13 when he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. He who is praised as their king on Palm Sunday would soon be crucified outside Jerusalem on Good Friday as a lowly criminal. Jesus was rejected by those he came to save. However, the title which would be fastened above his beaten and bloodied body would bear witness to the truth. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Peace between God and man was purchased with the holy and precious blood of Christ. All who trust then in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit receive the forgiveness of their sins, not just some of them, but all of them. Eternal life and also salvation from the devil and his power. All who reject Christ, on the other hand, are also, they also then reject God's merciful forgiveness, and they place themselves under God's righteous wrath right alongside the devil. So, what were the temporal, that is, the earthly consequences of Jerusalem rejecting Jesus, rejecting the things which make for peace? What would happen to these who did not know the time of the Lord's visitation? Well, it was just as our Lord predicted. Destruction and despair. Here's the history as it is recorded by Lutheran pastor and theologian Johann Spangenberg. In 70 AD, about 40 years after Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, I don't believe that 40 years is accidental, by the way, Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. This is what Jesus spoke of in the gospel lesson today as he wept over Jerusalem. History records that the Roman emperor Nero sent Vespasian, a valiant soldier, into Judea Vespasian then summoned his son Titus from Greece, also a military commander, and they marched with one another with an army's force through Syria and Antioch, so they're coming down from the north. They then came into Galilee, to which God had done much good through Christ, but because they were found ungrateful, they had to pay first. But when Nero himself died afterwards, Vespasian was chosen emperor in Judea, that is, he was now in charge in Judea. And he commanded his son Titus to march up to Jerusalem right around the feast of the Passover, when from every tribe and family, from the cities and towns of the Jews, there were more than 300,000 men. This is as the historian Josephus reckons from the number of Passover lambs, because you remember one lamb per household for Passover. That's 300,000 men. That's not also accounting for the women and the children. And that's in addition to who would have already been in Jerusalem anyway. Titus surrounded the city with his army and he prevented anyone from leaving. He let everybody come in that wanted to come in, but they were never going to come back out. And so the siege was on. Filled with such a vast number of people, the people of Jerusalem quickly ran out of food and water. Conditions for man, woman, and child were deplorable inside the city. Meanwhile, multiple attempts were made by the Roman army to break the rings of walls which surrounded Jerusalem and the temple down so that they could infiltrate and kill all. Over the course of these attempts, countless people died. All in all, the military siege of Jerusalem, it lasted some five months. Just try to wrap your head around that. Conditions inside the city were so terrible, so horrific, that I'm not going to detail it from the pulpit 
But suffice it to say that when there's no food and no water, people go to extreme lengths to preserve their lives. And so then on September 8th, Jerusalem was finally taken by the Roman army and the soldiers finished all but a handful of the survivors remaining in the city. Those few survivors were sold as slaves. If you're wondering what happened to the Christians, well, they saw the writing on the wall when the Romans were on their way down and they fled the city and they went to a place called Pella for refuge. See, it was just as Jesus had predicted 40 years prior. The days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because, because you did not know the time of your visitation. This was God's punishment for those who had rejected Christ as Lord and Savior. Just as God has, had done with his Old Testament people when they refused to repent of their, their idolatry, and we heard some of this in the Old Testament lesson, Jeremiah's preaching against the idolatry and wickedness of Israel, so then God did to Jerusalem in 70 AD after they had rejected Christ Jesus, God's long-promised Savior from sin and hell. Now, dear saints, I wouldn't take this much time in a sermon to unpack a historical event like that unless it had something to teach us today. So what does Christ's prophecy about the fall of Jerusalem and its eventual fulfillment have to teach us? Well, think of Jesus' words. They did not know the things which make for peace, and they did not know the time of the Lord's visitation. They had rejected Christ as Savior and Lord, and they had rejected his preaching and his teaching. Now, the Lord was merciful. He allowed 40 years to pass before this eventually was fulfilled. It's not as though he wanted to wreak this havoc on everyone just because he was feeling cranky that day. He wanted people to have faith in Jesus. Simply put, the things which make for peace are this, repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Therefore, the warning to us is clear. Do not reject God's grace and mercy in Christ. It was God's mercy. It was God's love that sent Jesus to the cross as payment for your sin, for my sin, indeed that of the whole world. Jesus came to bring peace between you and God by his innocent suffering and death, and he has. His proclamation from the cross, it is finished, as you remember, it's that Greek word tetelestai, which is pregnant with meaning. It is fulfilled, it is accomplished, it is completed. He has done all things necessary for our salvation. And then on the third day, he was raised from the dead. But do you remember, on that first Easter, what our risen Lord greeted his disciples with in the upper room as he showed them his hands. He said to them, peace be with you. And he says the same thing to you, dear saints. You see, in Christ, you are forgiven. You are set free from sin, all of it. Peace with God has been secured. Therefore, as St. Paul says, since we have been justified by faith, that is declared not guilty of our sins by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That from Romans 5. Beloved in the Lord, do not reject God's gift of grace and devote yourselves to a life of unrepentant sin. To do so would be to invite God's judgment upon you. Rest assured, on the last day when Jesus returns... All unbelievers will be cast body and soul into hell for eternity. And this is not because God wants people to go to hell. Rather, those who reject his grace and mercy in Christ 
They have joined themselves to the devil and his demons, and they will therefore suffer the same eternal consequences as Satan himself. The death and resurrection of Christ has brought us peace with God. Let us then receive his gifts in repentant faith and with thanksgiving. Receive the gifts of Christ which give and strengthen faith, baptism, absolution, the Lord's Supper, and his word which gives power to all of these. Rest in his mercy and in his peace, which are for you and for your children and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. You see, there are many things, many people which promise peace today, many people who echo that peace, peace, when there is no peace. Political parties and candidates, pharmaceutical companies, social media influencers, big tech companies, financial gurus, therapists, advocates of gender ideology, and woke cultists. But Christians know the truth. Our resurrected Lord is the only source of true peace with God and man. And so now is the time of Christ's visitation. As he comes to you, his church, by means of his word and sacraments, through these means, the Holy Spirit brings peace which surpasses understanding, pardon for sin, everlasting life, and salvation from the devil. Because you see, that old devil, along with the world, they seek to deceive us and lead us away from Jesus each and every day. And some of these things are so subtle, we don't even know they're happening. Other times, these temptations and assaults, they're right up in our face. And thanks to our sinful nature inherited from our original parents, well, we're often willing to follow after the lies because our sinful nature is like having a traitor living inside of us. But dear saints, don't believe the lies. True, lasting, eternal peace is only found in Christ Jesus who died and rose for you. Everything that he bought for you here, he delivers to you in his word and sacraments. He gives his peace to you in ways that you can see, taste, touch, and hear right here in his holy house. Jesus puts his word of peace into the mouth of a man and he forgives your sins in his triune name. Jesus combines his word of peace to water in his triune name and he washes you clean and fills you with the Holy Spirit. And in his holy supper, Jesus Christ comes and he visits you in and under bread and wine as he joins himself to these means in order to strengthen you, to forgive you, to comfort and console your consciences, and as you guessed it, to give you peace. Today is the day of the Lord's visitation. Now you receive the things which make for peace. And in receiving these gifts, the words of the introit are today fulfilled. As for me, I will call upon God, and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. In thanksgiving for Christ, in whom we know the things that make for peace, let us pray to the Lord. For all servants in the church that, blessed with a variety of gifts from the one Holy Spirit, each may use them for the common good of God's people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for pure teaching in the church and lives lived according to our Father's word, that his name would be hallowed among us, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for all who commune this day, that they would give a glad amen to the gifts of God who makes us partakers of his kingdom. 
Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the government and those given authority to break and hinder the plans of the wicked and encourage whatever is righteous and good, that through them God would bring about his good and gracious will, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For wisdom to be generous with our daily bread as God is generous to us, that we would be defended from all greed and remember that our security is not in wealth but in his abundant care. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For defense from temptation and every craft of the devil, that by his spirit we would always cling to his word and remain steadfast in the faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the afflicted in body and soul and for those who experience any lack, especially Norma Horine, Erlene Duncan, Nathan Burmeister, Vanessa Burmeister, and Charlotte Locke, that God would restore them and keep us all in the ark of his church until his final day of visitation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are shut in, especially Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that God would grant them peace, patience, and a firm trust in his merciful love in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Almighty and everlasting God, because you love to show mercy, hear the prayers we offer for your ancient people, that acknowledging Jesus Christ, the light of truth, they may be delivered from darkness. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Well, once again, good morning to you on this rainy and sometimes dark morning. Uh, we hung in there, right? Thanks be to God for the power coming back on. Um, a number of announcements. I'm going to try to be as efficient as I can with this. Of course, today, immediately following worship, uh, Sunday school and Bible study, and that's a little modified today, as you uh, noted in the past two newsletters of things upcoming and things that have been passed. July was a busy month for us. We had a number of things uh, happening there. And so as part of that, uh, Ian Davidson, who was our circuit's lay delegate to the Synodical National Convention, uh, is going to be giving a, an overview, a bit of a debriefing on his experience and on the events of the National Convention this year uh, at the beginning of Bible study hour. And then after he is done, probably 15, 20 minutes of, of commentary there, uh, I have more of a devotion-sized Bible study prepared for you for James this day. And then after Bible study, uh, we'll then have our higher things. Thank you, Carrie, and dinner. I know that the youth are very excited to share with you their experiences and what all the Lord did that week as we rejoice to uh, uh, hear that we have faith in Christ Jesus beyond reasonable doubt, that he is indeed risen from the dead, and we can hold firm to that truth. Uh, looking ahead into the week on Thursday, we have voters meeting at 8 p.m.